No, he's not, but we're just going to start recording on the podcast, and we're going to play the theme music. Ready? Like, like always. Let's do it. You ready for this? This is not the same music. <laughs> oh, my God. Mm. Oh, no. Mm. Oh, get this out of here. Mm. This is scary. I'm just trying to seduce you. Oh, uh, <laughs> You're like, wow. You might was, want to get out of here. It was really <laughs> easy. Something's about to go down. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. If you believe you're playing well because you're getting laid, or because, because you're, you're not, not getting, getting laid, laid, because you are women's underwear, underwear. You are! And you should know that. Oh, what a big, big man, man you are. Hey, everybody pack a gum. I'll show you how to do it. A, B, C. A always B B C closing. Always be closing. Always be closing. What's up guys? Hey. Yeah, so what's up? <laughs> <laughs> Always be closing live on B-Box Radio. B-Box Radio. Live from Brooklyn, New York. Brooklyn, Brooklyn. On June Oh, someone's 15th. calling you. Someone is calling yeah. you. Someone is oh, calling you. Oh, oh. We have our first caller, you yeah. guys. Uh, let's see what he has to say. Caller, what do you have to say? Come on in. He made it. Oh, yes. he's here. The caller is inside yes. the house. This is amazing. Hello, sir. Oh. How are you? Good. So this Chris. is uh, this is Dan. Yeah. This is Chris. This is my sister, Hannah. She's in town yeah. for the week. Oh, yeah. Um, Danny boy. Good to see you, man. I like your beard. That's oh, amazing. Thanks, uh, Dan is the general manager over at Single Cut Beersmiths. We had we wanted to do a beer episode. Yeah, man. Yeah, and uh, and uh, I'm I'm so stoked that you're here. Um, thanks, man. I'm yeah, here. of course. Uh, this has to go a little higher. All right, there we, there we go. go. How about that? Yeah, there you go. And you're gonna be perfect. Beautiful. So, how was the the commute? Shitty, huh? You know, man, you learn some valuable lessons every day, <laughs> and that's uh, that's the only way you grow as a person. Exactly. Trial um, and error, baby. Yeah. Uh, good lesson. Uh, don't drive to Dumbo. Uh, <laughs> Ever. Train, take the train to Dumbo. And uh, yeah, man, don't have a phone call and Google Maps at the same time. Don't. Work. Don't. Yeah, that's a bad idea. That's a bad idea. Yeah. Well, um, well now he knows that. See, that's, that's that's how you learn shit. Checked off the box. Um. So tell you're uh, you're from out west, right? Yeah, man. I'm San Diego born. And Bread. Nice, yeah, San Diego. My yeah. sister was just there. She said it was her favorite place ever. Oh, no kidding, huh? Well, you know, man, it was a great place to grow up. Uh, a little slow when you're an adult, but uh, obviously a good place for beer, good yeah, place yeah, for yeah. food, a uh, good place for the beach if you like being uh, shirtless outside. <laughs> not Usually um, not my forte. Yeah, it's <laughs> not even my wheelhouse. Hey, no, nah, nah. no. I was just on the beach yesterday, and she took a picture of me, and I was like, <laughs> I look like a gallon of milk, like, just sitting on the beach, just, <laughs> oh my god. Um, anyway, um, so Dan, uh, single cut, how long have you been in New York, then? If you you came out west, you were born out west, you grew up out west. Yeah, 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 I've been, uh, well, let's see, man, I've been with, uh, in beautiful Astoria, Queens, for damn near, I guess, six years now. Nice. Yeah, like everybody, you, know, you come out for a good reason and then quickly forget about that uh, good reason. <laughs> what was your reason, beer or something else? You know, I worked in beer for a really long time. Um, but no, I actually, uh, beer was always my like money job. I, I worked in the film industry for a little while. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah, it was terrible. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, it was cool. I worked for this um, really talented, kind of older French director in San Diego. And... Uh, 
it, w- it was great, but um, I came out here to kind of work on my own stuff. Quickly realized that I hated it. Um, <laughs> probably hated it the whole time. I think he knew that, too. Um, I told him I was keeping the equipment as the uh, paychecks that bounced, and I was never going back. Nice. Yes. And I Good shit. Did. Yeah. So you have some equipment then? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Did you sell it, or do you still have it? No, I had, like, odds and ends. I oh, okay. Had, like, um, like a camera tripod for a camera I didn't have. Oh. <laughs> um, you know, like, you oh. know the, useful, the useful uh, stuff that you need for film. A yeah. camera bag, which is now holding up part of my uh, nice. closet. Nice, <laughs> nice. And then, so you you worked out in um, you know people here already. This is this oh guy's a, yeah, look he's at the that. mayor of Dumbo. He's been here for five minutes. <laughs> mayor of Dumbo. <laughs> that's not a good mayor. Yeah. <laughs> so you started you started working in beer out west and came here with a beer background already, or yeah, yeah, kind of. Yeah, I got my first start. I worked at this. Um, have you ever been to a KOA before? Are you familiar with this? Yeah, the yeah, the, the, the campgrounds. Yeah, yeah. Intentionally spelled with a K to be folksy. <laughs> um, there's an amazing one in San Diego that I worked at for years and years all through college, and it's actually really, really big, and it's kind of fancy, you know. It's like $100 to camp there. Ah. So we had a really nice craft beer selection that I was glad to put together for years and years, so I had, I had licked my chops, or uh, whatever that expression would be, <laughs> ordering beer years and years ago, um, you know, hawking it to people in motorhomes, which I loved. Um, yeah. San Diego is not too hard to, to be a beer buyer. There's yeah, yeah. more than a few good options. So, yeah, man, that's what I got out. And then uh, I came out east and uh, started running beer bars, which was much, much, much better because New York has the best bar culture definitely in the United States, if not the world. I mean, you know, it's the I, old, great old expression. It's the only thing America ever gave the world was the skyscraper and the martini or whatever it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah, what they yeah, say? Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And that's all us, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Boom, in a nutshell. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's awesome, dude. Uh, so I I I'm a comedian, and uh, my m- job is also like where I get my money. Works in the beer field as well as I do beer tours. I take people to different breweries. We started going to Single Cut maybe three months ago or something. Yeah, something man. like that. And it's been like just outstanding. And we've been meaning to get you get you on the podcast to talk about it because, um, you know, doing it right is a, is is so rare that people just do the thing they're supposed to do and do it right and have passion behind it. And it's kind of like a good comic who does it well. You know what I mean? Like, they're rare. Things like that. People who... And then you guys just... I don't know. You guys are my favorite brewery in the city. And you guys are oh, just... Oh, perf- thanks, Sweet Cheeks. <laughs> Anytime. <laughs> you guys crush it every time. So uh, I wanted to have you on and talk a little about Single Cut. And you, obviously, as well. That was the idea, anyway. Uh, and then Chris Hamilton's uh, is another comedian. He actually doesn't know a bunch about beer. My sister's 18. She doesn't Nothing. know anything about beer. We know the same amount of beer. Too. And yeah. she might know a little bit more to me. All right, That's- fair enough. <laughs> yeah. um, so we might need some education here. But... Uh, <laughs> Um, yeah, so that was kind of the agenda for today. You wanted to talk about something real quick, though, right? The the Skank Fest? Oh, yeah, the Skank Fest is also a part of the, the Comedy Festival, Crosstown okay, Comedy for, Festival. So They're going to do Naked uh, Rose Battles, which I think is amazing. That's it. Oh, that's it? That's, that's <laughs> yeah, that Naked Rose Battle sounds awesome. Naked Rose So is all the jokes about the person's body across from that? Because that's what I would do. Yeah, I think that might happen. I think yeah. that might happen, but I don't think that's uh, the no. idea. I think it's supposed to be Rose Battle, and they just happen to be naked. I think that's what they're going for. Jeez. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I'm excited about that. Where, when and where is that? That's going to be at uh, Creek in a Cave in, I believe, Saturday. Oh, this yeah. Saturday, which is 18th. It's a great spot. It's a great spot. And yeah. Queens as well. Yeah. Um, with four breweries in Long Island City. So <laughs> oh, that's your, five. You, there's five? Five now, yeah. Jesus Christ. That place Shit. is blowing up. Sixth one coming uh, about six months. In LIC, right? Yep. yep wow. Yep. Do you crazy. make it tougher for them to get in? 
What? Do you make it tough for them? Like, oh, you coming to the Thunderdome, bitch? <laughs> when they do anything? <laughs> like, <laughs> Two breweries enter. Like, like One six, comes six, six breweries leave. <laughs> um, yeah, no, man, it's it's cool. Uh, craft beer as a general industry is in a really great place right now. I'm not going to say it's going to be there forever. Um, but right now, we're still the vast, vast uh, small guy. So it's in our like personal and professional interest to kind of back each other up. So it's it's a great business to be in right now. It's very friendly and cooperative. That's so funny because I always think about the two worlds I'm in are comedy and beer. And there's such a stark difference in the people in each because comedians are not nice. They're not friendly. They don't like look at competition well. And then in breweries... Like, there's, like, breweries lending each other ingredients, and, like, yeah, you know sure. what I mean? Like, it's such a it's nice awesome. community. They're like, dude, that beer's awesome. They're not, like, they don't look at it like, you, what are you doing making, you know what I mean? It's actually a really nice change of pace compared to what I'm used to, <laughs> which is the terrible show business world. Well, um, we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah, you yeah, guys we'll will be, be assholes before anybody knows it. Just wait. Sure, sure. I, I've never, I've, I can't think of a time in American history, in, maybe in commerce history, where... where the people were introduced to something of, of a high quality, better than what they're used to, and then them deciding to go back to the old way. So that's why I think craft beer is like here to stay. I don't think it's going. I mean, maybe it being as trendy as it is now might die, but I don't think it's going anywhere in terms of that because, I mean, McDonald's is still around, but it's also struggling because places like Shake Shack and things like that. Um, I'm with you 100. percent Yeah, I, I can't. You nailed, I, you nailed on. Yeah, I can't imagine people going. You know what? Fuck this. I want a Miller Lite again. I've had all those grades. He does. Ah, fuck <laughs> it. I'm gonna go back to Miller Lite. I can't imagine that happening. Let's be uh, side by side. That's all. Yeah, know? yeah. And that it's crazy to me because like the big beer conglomerates are trying their hardest to like screw with you guys, right? Do you have you had any experience with that? I know you guys are pretty much New York City based, and you guys are also in like Boston and Philly and places like that. Have you had any struggle? Struggle? Because I know what from what I've heard is they on the beer distribution side they're very yeah. aggressive and they try to keep craft breweries from getting their beer out and stuff i mean it'll get there um so we're i mean to tell you about like the beer world it's 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 really really small so if you think about a brewery like single cut um we're we're a big micro brewer we're we're right on the verge of being what we call like a regional sized brewery um and that's just a lot of jargon but to give it like you know some general comparison the amount of beer that we make in an ideal year is like i don't know like one ten thousandth of what wow. AB InBev would make. <laughs> uh, but that's also huge. You know, it's, um, and as far as creating the beer, uh, Nick was totally right. And I'm, I, I agree with you 100%. Um, as people's taste grows, um, yeah, nobody wants to go back to eating the meat that we were eating in 1870. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. like, like, once you know that something's better, you generally, that's your new bar, right? Yeah. So I agree. I think craft beer is not going to go anywhere. Um, People have been introduced to things that are more flavorful, um, I, I, you know, from ground up, just built better and built by real people, and they're kind of getting used to that, and they expect that now. So it'll never completely disappear. Um, it being part of, like, this cultural trend and it being being people's, like, main hobby, yeah, I don't know if that's going to last. Yeah. Um, I doubt it will. Yeah. Um, so that's why we're trying to concentrate on just, you know, making sure that you've got a good business model and that your bills are getting paid and you know where you're going to be in five years. And most importantly, that you enjoy drinking your beer because if you do it, it's the number one rule of sales. Right? You know, if you genuinely enjoy it, you can sell it. Yeah. And that's what we're all about. Um, but yeah, as far as distribution goes, the big guys they totally screw with you. Think about how many different ways you can buy Bud Light. Like mm-hmm. how many different packages it comes in. <laughs> like twelve ounce cans and a six pack. Twelve ounce cans and a twelve, eighteen, and thirty pack. You can do that whole allotment again with sixteen ounce cans. 
Then you've got Budweiser, and it's the same thing. You have 12 ounce cans of six pack, 12 pack, 18 pack. You can buy them in glass. You can buy them in aluminum. You can buy them in big aluminum. You can buy it like every different way. So it's the same shit repackaged a thousand times. So the whole idea with that is that no matter how big the craft beer game gets, right, uh, the key foods by your house isn't getting any bigger. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's only so much real estate. So if Budweiser and Miller and Coors um, can have the whole thing filled up with 90 different styles of Bud Light <laughs> and Stella, then there's not going to be any room for us. So then they don't have to compete with us. They don't have to make a better yeah, product or a better. They literally will just take up all the room and yeah. then we have nowhere to sell our wares, um, which is cool in New York because we have bars, which yeah. is awesome. But for every other major city in the United States, save for maybe Boston, San Francisco, there aren't bars anymore, man. They just, It doesn't work like that. We don't drink like that as Americans anymore. We take stuff home, we drink it in the backyard. So if we don't have a place to sell it, then there's going to be a big problem. That's so interesting because like, I know they're either they're threatened by craft beer, and I always thought of like they would do whatever they could to keep it from getting out. But just like the mindset of that, I'm almost impressed by it. They're like, you know what, if we make it all bigger and more, they, there's no room on the shelves in the grocery stores for them. Yeah. That's such a dirty thought that that... That's insane to me. That's I'm almost impressed at the maniacalness of that. Go, maniacalness way, is a word. Way back to when I worked at the campground, you know, and uh -huh. I, had, I had a big cooler by like all the considerations. You know, I had like seven doors in the cooler, mm -hmm. and I'd walk in some days, and there would just be all the craft beer on the floor because the Budweiser guy came that morning and literally just took it all off the shelf and then put the other stuff up, you know, uh. in its place. Yeah. So it is what it is, man. Business is business. Yeah. We're gonna get cutthroat. <laughs> 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 Well, tell us a little about Single Cut. You guys have been around for a little over three years, is that? Yeah, yeah, we're coming up on four years. We've been in that actual space for four and a half years in the beautiful town of Astoria. Um, so that's in Queens, in New York City, for those of you who are out of town. Uh, don't tell any of your friends about it. We're, we're done. We got enough. Um, yeah, we opened up three and a half years ago. Um, we're pretty much 100% owned by our brewmasters, this cat named Rich, uh, who's my one and only boss, which is great. He's a amazing dude to work for um, and the whole kind of ethos behind single cut is when we opened up we uh, you know there's two things that we really like all of us well there's three things actually that we all really like as single cut people uh, we love IPAs I'm a San Diego kid so if I said I don't like IPAs I think my family disowns me <laughs> <laughs> we love music which is the inspiration for our name a single cuts a style of guitar um, all of us are musicians of varying uh, success and talent I'm on the lower end of both of those spectrums. <laughs> um, then we also love lagers. Um, so, like, good, clean, fresh lager is, like, one of the world's great joys. Yes. And they're much maligned because of Budweiser, who we've been talking about for the last five minutes, and all of their ilk. Um, and even some of the big European brewers uh, who have been sending over lagers to the United States, even though that beer might be good. We've been spending the last 70 years pretty much drinking really watered-down, compromised beer under the flag of lager, um, which sucks because lagers are incredible. They're delicate, they're dry, they're refreshing, they're super great to drink, which is the most important thing. Um, they're also really, really hard and expensive to make. So craft beer has not been real fast to embrace lagers, and we wanted to really get on top of that. So when we built the brewery uh, four and a half years ago, uh, been in operation for three and a half years now, we actually spent more money than we had or should have and put in big beautiful german style lagering tanks um there's some physical differences between how lagers and ales get made so we had to put in like these special tanks to really make it pop so we're really really proud of that 
And three and a half years later, we can still keep rocking out. We make a Pilsner 365 days a year, all these experimental lagers. And we're pleased to say now that they've sold so well that we actually had to scale them back. And they're only available in New York City now, which is really cool. That is cool. That's uh, one of my favorite beers you guys make. It's called the 1933 Queens Lager, or Pilsner now. Yep. Yeah. And um, there's two different recipes, right? You guys used to do the Queens Lager, now it's called the Pilsner. We just updated the name. The, yeah. Pilsner such a Pilsner's the hardest beer style in the yeah, world to make. So exactly. We figured if we we're gonna do it, you know, people gotta know that it's gonna be a Pilsner. Yeah, and that's what I love about it is that you know, IPAs are in vogue and they're amazing, like you said. Yeah. Love IPAs. But they're they're getting to the point where it's almost ubiquitous that they're like, Oh, try this double IPA from fill in the blank brewery that's eight and a half percent. If if you if a brewery can like really make a Pilsner and really the word perfect, I don't know if it's the right word to use, but really make it amazing it's so impressive to me and like that was one of the first things and you I think you told me this is like anytime you go into a brewery ask to try their Pilsner and if that's good then you know they know what they're doing oh absolutely and um, they, their Pilsner is amazing it's one of my favorite you, you, I think you would probably like that ham because I think you when we drank beer the one time I think you drank like you like the lighter style body yeah I'm right? a bitch no, nah, it's not a bitch. I oh, okay, cool. Good, good, okay, good. Never Dude, mind. It's a great taste. But all right, that's dope. Yeah. I, I'm watching, about beer I'm literally trying to catch up, and I'm so far behind. But You're not, though. You're not. It's fine. It's like, uh, it's like you know, when people talk about like sports or something like that, and like, yeah, you know, fucking Blodowski is fucking amazing, right? How did we shot that last year? Like, uh, yeah, okay. Uh, fucking yeah, okay. I'm trying to catch on. But I'm slowly getting it. Do you, do you get this? <laughs> All right, I can, I, can, I can sum this up real, 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 uh, real simple. Um, so think about uh, you're listening to a band, right? Yeah. And um, one side's this big, huge brass band, right? You've got like 90 instruments and you've got like 12 guitar players or whatever. Yeah. And then on the other stage, there's one guy playing a violin. Ooh. So if there's some guy in the brass band who sucks... You're probably not even going to know, right? Because yeah. you've got all this shit <laughs> All going this crazy on. stuff going on. Huge, yeah. huge. But if that guy playing the violin on the other stage misses one note, you'll notice it. Everybody's yeah. gonna know. Everybody's gonna know. This guy's a fucking fraud. You know, fucking fraud. suck. Yeah. Sorry. So that's so when you for us, you know, like that's kind of what it is about lagers. Um, okay. So when you go into the brewery and you drink their pilsner, that's the cat playing violin. Well, then, okay. So if there's anything wrong with it, you're gonna know right away because there's, oh. there's there's not a lot going on. It's light, it's crisp, it's dry. It has to have all of these opposing things happen at the same time. Like it's got to be hoppy and it can't be too bitter. It's got to be super dry, but it has to be a little have a little sweetness too. And we love our big beers, but like when we make our gigantic imperial stouts, this like pitch black 11% yeah. dark 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 beer with chocolate and vanilla and sometimes we age it in oak barrels. If there's something a little bit off, nobody's going to know. Don't catch we're, not, it. Okay. we're not going to know. Um, and not to say that that's not a great beer. That's an awesome beer. And you know, we have a lot of friends who own breweries that make crazy stuff because they're great at it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the main reason why we don't see a lot of these light, really nuanced beers in craft beer is because, yeah, they take a lot of work. And they also take a lot of time. Our Pilsner takes us eight weeks to make. We make all of our IPAs, which is the most of our business is IPAs, in about three weeks. Yeah. Um, so you can see, if we go eight weeks and that thing sucks and we got to dump it, I mean... It's New York City real estate. We don't. We don't. We can't afford to have somebody living rent free for two months in our house. <laughs> so you gotta be. You gotta. You gotta take some risks with it. Yeah, right? absolutely. We think that's it's dope. It. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. That yeah. is dope. So like, a, like a pilsner is like a stand-up comic doing it all by himself. And then the other one's and improv group. <laughs> I would say improv group, but people are gonna shit. I would say like a Judd Apatow movie. <laughs> Just so we everybody likes it. Okay, so because IPAs are amazing. Honestly, it's probably my favorite beer style. Okay. But I do worry about this with the craft beer scene, and I, I don't know if this is something that you worry about. Is that it, does it get 
do some small breweries start to eccentric? Is there like no fundamentals of like I always think about like and one mixtape people like doing all this crazy stuff yeah. like you got to learn how to shoot a free throw and just dribble before you can just do all this crazy shit and i think right out of the gate some small breweries just immediately like let's make a jalapeno porter and it's like slow down for a second you know do you think that that's a problem or do you what do you, what do you think yeah i mean right now we're, we're we're growing as an industry right now we have so many people who are really enthusiastic and into it so it's okay if somebody opens up and maybe they're not the greatest brewer in the world at the first thing it's fine because there's a super supportive community yeah that wants to drink that beer and help them through it um, but that being said, like it's a concern for the industry. It's a big push um, from our Brewers Association this year as they're really working on quality control. Because uh, like you said to begin with, um, once people's taste gets built up, they're never going to go back to things that are bad. Yeah. Um, but everybody who's opening up a brewery because they love the culture of it, which is a totally valid reason because we have an awesome job. Um, and not to say that's the, necessarily the case, but you know, if they're maybe not the best brewers, then that's not going to be sustainable. Uh, they can't compete in terms of quality. They'll never be able to compete in terms of price. I mean, you know, we try and keep our price low, but if you're comparing our Pilsner and you're comparing Coors Light, we are 250% the cost, you know, to the consumer. So you can see where there's like, there's a lot of downsides to doing stuff small. Scales of economy yeah. are good when it comes to prices and making money and all that good stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think, I think you're possibly right. Thankfully, we haven't had that in New York yet. Yeah, yeah. Um, mostly because you've got to be a numb nuts psychopath <laughs> to open up a brewery to open up any business in New York I was City. thinking like the only two like active breweries in Manhattan are, are is Italy is Beeria which is has the backing of like Mario Battalion Dogfish all these yeah. all this money and then the other one's Paul Anner which oh, is yeah. backed with like so much German money it's insane yeah. and I'm like the only way you can get a brewery in Manhattan is if you just have millions of dollars behind you because like starting out a brewery in Manhattan that the real estate's crazy expensive they're probably paying like 50 grand a month and rent even more maybe and uh, it's it's not even doable, I don't think. So, no. like, I think that's why Brooklyn and Queens... Also, like, you just think about this in general. I think all of the best, like, the new restaurants that are opening up are in Astoria or in, you know, Park Slope and places like that because it's cheaper to afford and also that... How can you afford to take a risk? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's, and it's how tough. And how are you going to break new ground if you can't take risks? Yeah, so. exactly. You know, yeah. Going back to the, what we talked about just pre just briefly ago with uh, the the beer scene and stuff, and we haven't had that in New York. Uh, trying to draw a parallel for you guys, like, um, you know, like how we're kind of in a quote unquote comedy boom now, and that's what everybody says. And there's a lot of people who are doing comedy right now who, let's face it, won't be in five years yeah. because it's a trendy thing and they want to be part of the scene. That's happening a little bit in the beer world, I would say, not in New York yet. And um, you obviously find that annoying. I find that annoying when you see someone just kind of doing the thing because it's like a cool thing to do rather than because they actually care about it and they want to be good at it and they like love it so much and they need to have it. Yeah. Um, so I think that's kind of what we're talking about a little bit. With a, You know exactly the comic I'm talking about too. Like not the specifically person, but the type of comic. Yeah. Um, How do you guys feel about the, the Twitter comic? <laughs> the, I'm, I'm funny for 142 characters. <sighs> you know, I gotta, I gotta say like... Uh, it, it, it kind of drives a lot me. Of sign going on in the studio. It, yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what's worse than the Twitter comic is the Vine comedian. Because uh. this is what happens. And I have friends and I've gone on a few, but just auditions, right? So you show up to an audition for like a commercial or for like any bit part in the thing. And the uh, you're a comedian. You, every night you're in front of real people making them laugh or making them not laugh and then killing yourself over and adjusting. And then you have the people who are Vine stars who just put out six second videos and now they're big hits and they're coming on all these auditions but they don't have the chops because they don't 
when you send out a vine that sucks, you don't get rejection. You don't see someone's face going, I fucking hate you. Why did you say that out loud? You know what I mean? <laughs> and they just come out there and there's like the cool trendy guy who's vining right now. And they're like, what's up, dude? And I'm like, you're not good. And it's so hard to deal with that. I actually respect that more than the, the writer's Twitter. Because really? if you're if you're vining, you're at least trying to come up with something that's emotional and face. And you got to go. All right, this might be funny. Let me do this. But someone who does Twitter is doing the math problems that you talk about. Like they go, yeah. oh, this and that. Huh? There's a joke. Oh, fuck yeah. those people. Um, <laughs> but I I think I'm more favored to an Instagrammer than I am a Twitter. I think there are How a lot you tell of tell a joke on Instagram. What happened? How do you tell a joke on Instagram? Uh, well, it depends what you want to talk about. Like if you do like a hot topic. Or a topical thing, you go, oh, this, that, and this, and boom. It could be a, something very simple. Um, like, uh, I'm not sure if you've seen the uh, the gorilla memes. Have you seen any of those? The memes of the gorilla that was just killed? Yeah. Harambe. It's it's hilarious. It's like one picture of, like, an albino gorilla, and he's smiling at the camera, and it says, this wouldn't happen to me if I was white. Like, you know what I mean? Like, just, that's hilarious. I don't care. Like, that's funny. So I go, that's genius. I could take those. But I can't take someone that's doing something that we don't even know what they're putting themselves into and then eventually just writing it down. And we don't get to see any kind of like reactions out of them. We just read whatever they write and then maybe like it if they do if it's good enough. I don't know. It's just I think that's social true. media is a great tool to like get yourself out there, but now it's kinda of come a point where like Dane Cook got famous from MySpace. Yeah. And now you can't get famous from MySpace. And then some t- people got famous from YouTube, like Bo Burnham. Now you, you can't get famous from YouTube. It's over. And then Twitter was the same way. Some people blew up because of Twitter. Now it's over. And now Instagram and Vine are the next two things that people can be noticed yeah. from. No, I don't know. I think but, you can still blow up off of YouTube. And uh, um, I know Instagram, you have King Beck. Do you guys know King Beck? No. Yeah. This guy makes millions. And literally all he has to do is put like a a cup of soda like as I say Coca-Cola when he does his thing and that's it like that's what they do they just pay him just to put their products in his like vines but he has like uh, that's what, insane like 3.6 million followers and he gets paid by different companies just to put their products in their things you know what I mean so th- th- you can still you can still make it especially if you're on YouTube because all you have to do is just transfer over your followers from that one to the YouTube and just make a longer thing and now you have a show on Comedy Central like that's all <laughs> that's what it takes nowadays wow I have yeah. a great idea. So, Dan, I'm going to wear a single-cut swag to all my comedy shows, and oh, I expect dude. you to pay me handsomely for it. <laughs> I got at least five, six dollars on that. Yes! Oh, no, there you go. I'm a professional comedian, richer. baby. <laughs> I got go. sponsors. <laughs> yeah, I guess, like, if Eminem can own NASCAR, like, why can't somebody own, uh, you know? A person? Yeah. Because they can. <laughs> I don't care what anybody says. LeBron James is owned to the Nikes. What he paid like what they pay like a billion dollars for him? What? He's there. So you guys, do you guys know who, <laughs> he can't do anything? This is a real question. Do you guys know who Rooster McConaughey is? <laughs> it's a real guy. Okay, Rooster McConaughey is Matthew McConaughey's brother, who is richer than Matthew McConaughey because he's he's a billionaire because he sold all this shit. I don't even know how he got famous, but he just named his son Miller Lite. And got paid for it. Yep. Is, is it actually Matthew McConaughey's brother? Yeah, it's a hundred percent his brother. He's so on the show on MSN. McConaughey, and they named another child Rooster. <laughs> <laughs> I think they liked one of them better, and I don't know which one because they are like rednecks. So maybe they're like, "We'll name this bitch Matthew," but we got Rooster over here. He's the yeah. re- he's the real pride of the family. <laughs> 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 he does. <laughs> 
Fucking awesome. Fucking rooster. Red rooster, baby. Fucking love rooster, man. Yeah, get a moonlight. Oh, get the fuck out of here, Matthews. Come on, man. Like, <laughs> he named his dad. Obviously, because Matthew McConaughey grew up with this need for attention, which is why he became an actor, because he was ignored his whole life. Fucking rooster. <laughs> go to the party. Oh, Matthew's here? Oh, yeah, fuck you. fuck you. You're in another rom-com? Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> fuck out of he here. named his skin Miller Lite. <laughs> what have you done, Matthew? <laughs> Hilarious. That, you know what's the funniest thing is is Matthew McConaughey has a nephew named Miller Lite. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that he has to be like, hey, Miller Lite, what's up, buddy? He's gonna up the ante, man. Yeah. That Lincoln Town Car McConaughey is really good. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be hilarious if he named his kid after the Lincoln Town Car. <laughs> oh my God, that's crazy. Rooster Mc. Mc I almost I always want to say Rooster McClanahan because it just sounds better. But McConaughey, <laughs> Rooster McConaughey, it's a real guy. He spelled light L Y T E too. I don't know. I already like. -E. Is that how he maintained his integrity? He's like, oh, come on, I'm not gonna do this. <laughs> come on, guys, I got some class. I like I like the name Rooster better than I like Matthew though. Is that yeah. weird? <laughs> I much rather name my kid Rooster. Do giant beer commercials bother you like immensely? Like stuff that. Um, here's one that I hate is. Um, Coors Light, brewed at ice cold temperatures. Oh, I brewed cold. Yeah, what brewed cold. <laughs> you have That's to boil oxymoronic. it. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. And then Miller Light has the one where it's spelled differently because it's brewed differently. <laughs> like, it's all fake. Like, you know what I mean? It's like nothing, there's no actual legit beer science to any of that. Because like, what I've learned is that all you have to be, they, they're just advertising to dumb people. That's all it is. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah. Like, uh, what, uh, phone companies do the same thing. They show you the map of the world. Like, America is like all these spots, but that means nothing. Yeah. So that's just the same thing. You just say, yeah, it sounds cool because it's cool. And they go, oh, it's fucking cool. The ones that really grind my gears, man, are the <laughs> ones like, um, I, mean, that, I mean, that's fine. Like, I mean, that doesn't get to me. I mean, those cats have been making beer forever. They're going to make beer forever. Yeah, like, exactly. Like, we can we can take some of the icing off their cake, but, like, we're not taking their yeah. cake. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So Miller Lite does its own thing. The thing that kills me is um, when I watch the, like, cartoon of the Blue Moon guy, like, the cartoon <laughs> hands unwrapping the orange, yeah. you know, all that. Um, that's what we call the crafty brands, which are basically, like, Blue Moon is Coors. That's yeah. Coors, Coors, 100%. Coors, like, there's no... There's no it, it, it's not like they're a separate entity. I mean, that's that's a Coors beer. You're just drinking Coors Wit beer, like whatever. And I'm not saying the liquid tastes bad. I mean, it's not for me, but I'm not saying that. Um, you know, like that's you don't get to take like our little thing that we get. Like, yeah. it's the one thing, like we don't make any money. Like we work insane hours, and like, and I'm the business guy, so like I'm getting out easy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I stroll in at ten in the morning, and then I leave maybe at like seven to nine o'clock, you know, or whatever at night. Like the brewers, the cats who actually make the beer, like those guys are getting in at like six thirty, seven thirty, and they're not leaving until I leave. Like we leave together. Yeah. You know. So then when I see Coors, um, you know, with this cartoon thing saying that they're like they're making it the hard way, like, yeah. like with their own two hands, like <laughs> doesn't get made with anybody's hands. Like you're in like a completely like uh, antimicrobial vacuum suit if you're even in. <laughs> You know, Let's say hands will that. get the beer like any type of slight bacteria or any will just just spoil a beer completely. You have That's to be true. really careful about. A brewer once told me he's like the the thing I do the most is clean and sanitize because if anything's dirty, if anything gets like we touch anything, any liquid with anything that's not 100% sanitized, it'll ruin the beer. Wow. And yeah, it's really hard. Yeah, man, that's uh, the most important guy in any brewery is the cellarman. So he's like the for a totally unflattering term, he's like the janitor of the yeah. brewery. But it's so much more important than that. You can have the best brewer in the absolute world. Like, this guy just makes, like, Jesus hearing all day long. <laughs> That's all he does. 
Um, but if you put that into a keg that wasn't cleaned and pressurized properly by a good cellarman who's on top of his shit and making sure stuff gets done the right way, it doesn't matter. In four days, it's going to be disgusting. And so that's it's the thing. Like It's it's a super team sport. Um, everybody, legitimately, we're not just saying that because like that's the guy who gets in first, leaves last, and gets paid the least. Like that's, <laughs> yeah. that's not what it's about. Like That guy is maybe just paying his dues right now before he moves up the ladder, but he's... Just Absolutely as important. is important. Yeah. He's not. He's more important. Yeah. You know, because there's a lot of okay brewers. You know. Yeah. Like nobody ever complains about an ice cold Miller Lite. Yeah. Poured through a clean line in a clean keg, but you know you get whatever. Like I just said, best beer in the world through a bad line and a bad keg and a dirty glass, and nobody's gonna pick that over the Miller Lite. That's yeah. something too that I, it baffles me is like doing comedy in so many bars and getting to know people who work at these bars. They're all great people, but like, it's kind of scary how draft lines are never cleaned at i would say my estimate would be like 90 percent of bars in new york city where they just don't clean like the draft line if you i've seen a dirty draft line before i used to work at a brewery the chelsea brewery and uh in pier 59 and mark is the brewmaster there and he basically talked about cleaning the lines he always cleaned the lines after before every like anal about it yeah. you know and he talked about he showed me a dirty line and all this stuff inside it and it's just like gross to think that people are just drinking miller light out of these dirty lines that haven't been cleaned probably all year. <laughs> yeah. So I don't drink draft beer unless I'm at a tap room that I know or a brewery that I know cleans their lines. It's 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 yeah. it's because you ever like wake up after drinking draft beer or tap beer or you have like a sore throat or like itchy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Happens all the time to me. And I'm like I, I'm never doing it unless I know I'm at a good place. I got a question. Uh, so how the fuck does uh, Coronas do anything they're doing? Coronas is a beer, right? Coronas Corona? is a beer? Corona? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I've never seen any commercials by them, but yeah, really? people you know, fucking... I see. There's a lot of commercials oh, for Corona. You're, you're dancing between raindrops. Am I? Yeah. <laughs> I, just, I just don't know that much about Coronas. I know Hispanics love them, and I've never seen a commercial <laughs> for them. From, Everybody loves them? From San Francisco to Japan going the long way. Really? It's the no. best-selling import beer in the United States. Why Why is that? Why is that? Does, major, major. Is there well, a reason what they their do? Their marketing is like, yeah. relax, sit by a beach, drink a Corona, and I think that works for a lot of people. Yeah, they've made it synonymous with uh, beach chairs and uh, tan lines, you know what I mean? Yeah. Okay, 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 yeah, so, so you don't see the person, and then there's the bottle, and that's... Yeah, I, I know. That's yeah, that. Okay, that's the commercial. Okay, I know I people even... who are like, I hate mass-produced beer, I don't like macro brewing, but... If I had to choose one, <laughs> Corona on a beach. You know, people say I've heard people say like a lot of <laughs> what people. What the fuck? I know, man. It, it's it, the advertising campaign works for them. It's That's like one of those because it's also not they're not going. This is the best beer ever. They're just like drink it by a beach. There really is the beach they're advertising. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Really, they're like, isn't this amazing? This beach in the background. Yeah, go there. Have a Corona when you're. But more importantly, look at the water. Some <laughs> beaches. Yeah, exactly. So. <laughs> yeah, it drives me nuts. The like you talked about, they're using the word craft and stuff, and that's like you're taking that away from. Them. I would. I went to Yankee Stadium like a couple years ago, and they're like, "Oh, there's a craft beer tent." And I'm like, "Oh, cool." Oh, no. And I walk up, <laughs> it's Line and Kugel, it's Blue Moon. I'm like, "This isn't craft beer. It's terrible." <laughs> now they have Chelsea Brewery's Blonde. Apparently, is now at the Checker Cut Blonde is now at Yankee Stadium. I haven't oh, been this season, but uh, that's you know that's a pretty good. I, from what I hear, another reason to root for the Mets. It's much, much <laughs> I do the way there. better beer at Mets much Stadium, better. dude. Um, the Pirates are actually in, I'm a Pirates fan. They're in town. And, uh, Get that on. Oh, I do. I always forget. <laughs> <laughs> They're in town uh, this week playing the Mets, and, and I just want to go halfly for, for the beer. I make up a lot of adverbs. Halfly? Yeah. yeah. Oh, whatever. Good. Whatever. Take it. Um, yeah, the beer at Mets Stadium is much better. You guys were at Mets Stadium for a while, right? Uh, we weren't uh, at City Field, but uh, some of our compatriots, some of our other Queens breweries are there. Rockaway Brewing Company. Yeah. They're there with their cans. 
Um, I think actually that's it this year. But, yeah. Um, no, it's a cool it's a cool game, man. But it's like you want to go into a stadium. I mean, don't you lose money something yeah, like that? You, yeah, you do. You got you got to blows you gotta, my mind. You got to do it just for advertising. So yeah. if you're a Budweiser, I mean, no big deal. Yeah, exactly. You know, just like chalk it up. Everybody they'll buy a six pack on the way to and from the game at the store, and then you made your money. So what is that? Sure. How does that work for this? So is City Field such a big provider for beer that they're basically do they pull like a Walmart and they're like we'll yeah. buy kegs from you from yeah, forty dollars? Yeah, that's how it works. And City really? Field's not as bad. Yankee Stadium is atrocious. Yeah. I had a friend who tried to get beer in the Yankee Stadium for a while. They're a, a local company, and he basically figured out in the end that it would cost him about five dollars per keg. Uh, <laughs> so man, if you can like, if you can make enough beer that you can write that off as a as a respectable loss, it's cool. But we have the very um, privileged position right now that we're we have less beer than people want to buy. So. So for us, not not quite an option, though. I would love expensing uh, my Mets tickets. Yeah, that'd be nice. You know, I'm going to do it anyways. <laughs> <laughs> the IRS does not listen to this stop. podcast, so don't worry about it. <laughs> right, cool. like it. Um, yeah, that's like basically you'd have to just price that out for your advertising and marketing budget. It's just putting beer at, at a stadium because of how shitty it is for you, like the margins and stuff. It's just costing people money, I guess. For sure, and you got to realize kind of like where you are and where the world is in the market. Like we have a wonderful place, the craft beer community. Like we're at home in backyards and at bars and restaurants one place where we're not totally at home yet is at a sports arena like there's a reason why they literally name sports arenas after bad beers like <laughs> it's, just, it's part of the experience Bush stadium oh totally yeah I mean, Coors, Coors everything field yeah <laughs> so you know we like you gotta you gotta know when to take your losses and know when to like be like all right there's a place for this and there's a place for that like i don't want to sit down meal when i'm at the stadium and i don't necessarily want a 12 percent imperial stout yeah, I mean that's that's certainly there's certainly a uh, logic behind that because when I'm at a baseball game, I really prefer like a pilsner or lager anyway, or even an IPA like a session or something. But sure. yeah, there's not really much room for like a double IPA or a stout or you know when you're sitting there in the 80 degree, 90 degree weather watching baseball, you kind of want a session anyway. Yeah, a saline so. drip. Yeah, exactly. Um, Actually, we got about ten more minutes of live uh, radio. This is live, but I don't—I barely told you anything, and I, I'm usually better about it than that. But it's uh, okay. It was wonderful, mysterious. Yeah. Thing. So this is called "Always Be Closing" radio podcast. We we record it, and it'll be out, and I'll send you the link. And stuff Always like be that. closing. Always be closing. Like sell, sell, sell. Cake is for closers. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's based off of that movie because I just love the movie. But we're not salespeople, so I think people listen to it thinking that it's going to be like this is how you sell, guy, like a sales seminar podcast. And then there's just comedians talking shit the whole oh, time. There's so many disappointed suits listening to us right now. <laughs> good, oh, good. That's great. We talked. This is the first hey, podcast guys, we how's ever the Fairfield in doing. <laughs> <laughs> this is the first podcast we really ever talked about any type of commerce, though. So <laughs> fuck them, right? <laughs> yeah. We had our year anniversary last week, our 52nd podcast. Today's 53. Um, and this is the first time in a year we've ever talked about any type of sales or any type of industry <laughs> other than comedy. So, uh, yeah, fuck them. Oh, that's I great. I, yeah, I had no idea. I thought it was like a beer podcast or something. Um, no. Um, but that's good because that gets a little tiresome. Yeah, I've done a few <laughs> beer podcasts before. As, and, uh, they're, they're, it's like, how many, how much can you really talk about this in an episode of a podcast, you know? I think a cool beer podcast would be if you drink while you talk about it. You just have to get drunk every I think that would be cool for episode. us. Oh, yeah, that's cool. Any point. Yeah, I'm I don't know if that. anybody want to listen to it. Oh, of course they would. Don't you, I love hearing drunk people talk about shit. Just, just like, wow, wow, wow. Do you? Yeah. We're, First we're, 45 we're, seconds is pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> After the second beer opens, they're When they're crying, like, why did you leave me? You're like, oh, I don't even know what you're talking about. That's awesome. 
That's dope, man. Thank you for coming out. I appreciate that. Um, I learned a little bit about beer. Did you learn? Mm-hmm. What'd you yeah. learn? Beer's crap? Yeah. Good lesson. Well, right yeah, never drink. I don't know how that's what you took away from it, but this entire no, time. like Miller and... Oh. Yeah, like real, like, you know, those kind of beers. Like it's kind of crap. Beer. Yeah. I get that. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Yes. She's right. Mainstream beer sucks. Boom. Good. Boom. We converted her at 18 years old. That's pretty good. That's what we got to do. Wow. <laughs> get them young. Yeah. <laughs> that sounded weird. We're yeah, it sounded really predatory. <laughs> yeah, it did. <laughs> like a cigarette company. Like. Yeah, all we need is an unmarked van and a jockey box. We can make this happen, you guys. Yeah. What other other kind of like independent things are there? Because I you, you said like, you're like in the world. No, no. I mean, uh, like because beer is one. Obviously, I assume there's probably like small tobacco companies too, or something like that. Like small tobacco independent. Wow, I never thought about small tobacco. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just like, like those like... are just two words that just don't touch that. <laughs> I guess there's got to be, right? I mean, like, you got all those kids with those stupid, uh, like, Jetson wand uh, <laughs> yeah, things. E6? Yeah, yeah. So somebody told me about that the other day, that it's like they have, like, competitive leagues now for who can blow the biggest, like, plume smoke? of smoke. What? Oh, no. Does Snoop Dogg win every year? <laughs> Dude, I don't know. That's, that just, man. I mean, I guess. I don't know. It's just like they found, like, like all right, people don't like cigarettes anymore. Like, we can't, we can't be selling cigarettes anymore. What can we find that's somehow more obnoxious than cigarettes? Like, <laughs> oh, I got it. I got it. I got it. <laughs> well, it's like I see kids who are like, uh, like they roll their own. Is that like the craft yeah, tobacco? Yeah, They're like, the... yeah, I roll my own. This like... looks super cool, but in reality, I'm just too poor to buy a bag. <laughs> that's, yeah, what yeah, I, that's really what it is. I actually got a friend of mine to admit that. He's like, it's just way cheaper. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, exactly. <laughs> and then like they, so they want me to roll you one? And I was like, yeah, sure. And they're like... They you gotta lick it? Like, I'm done. I don't want yeah. to. <laughs> I'm not like a germaphobe, but come on. Really? You're gonna lick my cigarette before you yeah. give it to me? I'm, I'm good. I'm Just like Nora. Yeah. I think it's when someone asks them to roll one up. Have you ever heard that? Like, it's a stranger's like, hey, oh, can you make me one? Like, no, what? that's weird. I don't do that. I don't do the whole cigarette. I don't smoke, but I think that's very weird to give a person your uh, saliva stick. I think that's also a weird thing to do. You know? <laughs> if I'm gonna smoke someone's uh, spit, I expect <laughs> to at least be high when I'm done. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, to just yeah. smell like cigarettes and have made out with someone, but not making out with them, it's like the worst late night at a bar ever. Yeah, it's, that's, it's atrocious. Um, so do you, are you completely done with the whole film aspect? That was just the thing that you realized you weren't into, and now you're just doing the, the you're like, your eye on the prize is this, this is the beer world. Oh, man. Or is there still like this romantic size, ah, oh, make a movie one day, or... Oh, romantic, but it's like the best kind of romance. It's like the romance that you have with like Tyra Banks in your mind, you know? <laughs> it's not, it's not real, but it's real to you. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, man, my great loves in the world, um, beer is number three at highest, because uh, number two will always be food. Um, you're never as happy as when something is in your mouth. Yeah. It's my catchphrase, actually. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, man, yeah. I kind of like it, but I can't agree with you. I it's, agree, It's, it's I catching can't. on, but I don't know if it's trending the way I anticipated it to. Uh, but I love uh, cinema more than anything. Movies, to be to be not douchey about it. Uh, but yeah, man, I go to I have a movie date by myself every Monday morning. Uh, that's, that's, that's my favorite. My favorite is going to the movies by yourself, matinee. There might be three people in the movie theater. No one's bothering you. It's fucking the best. Oh, absolutely. It's the man. goddamn best. Yeah, so that's uh, there's nothing better than that. What you did get... you see yesterday? Uh, I shouldn't have said it because I didn't go yesterday. Uh, no. <laughs> fucking liar. No, I'm joking. I know. I, know. I woke up late. I did missed you, it. Did you, did you see the new X-Men movie? I did. Yeah, did you not? Did you hate it? I 
hated it. He hated Up it. Up top. <laughs> so Fucking bad. hate that movie, man. I, ha- I thought it was so lazy. Why'd they let Olivia Munn speak twice in that film? <laughs> she literally has about, like seven words of dialogue. Uh, Storm? Uh, Storm also had three lines yeah. in the beginning of the movie, and then she's like, I'm a good guy now. I'm like, oh, wow, that's a great character. How many guys... more times are we going to see Magneto doing something <laughs> Every time. bad? And, and then God, some God. other members saying, you don't have to be this way, <laughs> yeah. man. Yeah. I, like, it's not too late. It is too late. <laughs> he destroyed New York City in this movie. He killed a billion people. <laughs> and then the last scene is him being like, yeah, I'm going to help you guys build this house because we're just, all cool now. And he's just chilling. No. Everybody forgets about it. Yeah. What are you doing? He should be killed. He should <laughs> yeah. be executed. Yeah. Like, he was already an enemy of the state he's after the second one. Now. Yeah. And then, like... Yeah. Uh, just because he changed his mind last second and helped kill the guy. It was well, so okay. I also hated uh, what I really liked about the first two movies, and we talked about this in the last podcast, is that they really embodied the time period that it was in. It really felt cool. Yeah. This one was like, they were like, let's go to the mall. And then they played like Sweet Dreams, and then that was the 80s. And they showed a picture of Ronald Reagan, and that was it. Was anybody like, else also disappointed that they, um, they gave Jubilee the early 90s outfit when they were supposed to be in the 80s. <laughs> 80s. What's up you with that? that? Yeah, he's right. <laughs> I don't want to throw the bullshit right. card yeah, out. Yeah, throw it out. Come on. Also, she got... Um, you, you remember that great um, speech she had in the middle of the movie? Um, no, because she didn't say <laughs> literally a single word. I was like, wait, what? The entire film. Yeah, yeah. She, one time she kind of smiles and it looks like she's about to say something. Uh, and then it just cuts. <laughs> like, cut, it no. cuts to someone else. Get the fuck out of here, Jubilee. You don't get lines in this. <laughs> And what, where's our Dazzler? It was the '80s uh, Marvel. It was the '80s X-Men movie. Am I am I overplaying my nerd card here? No, no, no. You're right. You're There's right. no Dazzler. I also thought it was weird that Nightcrawler was able to walk in daylight. What the fuck was that about? Can he's he blue skin. Like he's someone goes, hey, what the fuck is that? That's what should have oh, happened. Oh yeah. He would get very warm all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He should so, be wearing very light clothing. Yeah, it's so weird. I'm glad you also didn't like that movie, man. No, man. And now because of that, I'm going to buy one of your beers, man. So <laughs> That's how we do it. This is how one person at a time. The whole craft beer industry works. You mentioned some X-Men facts. They're like, all right, I'm in. He's fucking right. He's not, he hasn't lied yet. He's good with me. Yeah. Yeah, but we, um, yeah, we're making beer. I'm going to plug. Um, yeah, I was going to say, we have the three minutes left, so plug away. Tell plug. Us, let us know where we can find your beer, that kind of stuff. And uh, yeah, yeah, so the best way, actually, um, those two dudes who walk by, um, who I'm realizing now their offices in this building, which makes all the address make sense. Uh, beermenus.com, always go check it out. It'll tell you where our beer is close to you. Um, like I said, if you're in New York City, grab one of our lagers, give it a try. If you haven't enjoyed good lager as an adult, now's your time to change, because they're awesome. It's the pinnacle of beer making. But you got to get good stuff. And for everybody else in Massachusetts, Pennsylvania, Connecticut, all up and down the eastern seaboard, um, we got new beer coming out all the time. And we have a new IPA coming out this week called Weird and Gilly, which we're really excited about. Um, obviously, we're music nerds, so if you don't get the Weird and Gilly reference, you're not allowed to drink it. Oh, God. <laughs> Damn it. I have to learn between I'm now I'm going to drink it anyway. Okay. <laughs> yes, I'm going fi- to just drink it. I'm going to Google it and drink it anyway. Yeah, you you can't, can't stop me. It's an easy Google. It's an easy Google. Yeah. So also. We're out. Uh, guys, uh, I want you to know his beer is like the Michael Jordan shoes of beers. So uh, you're going to be lines out the door if I can get his drinks. Uh, we um, are anti-line, actually. It's oh, one oh of, really? It's one of the hallmarks of our corporate ethos. Um, we've had one line once, and I made everybody stand in a circle. <laughs> That's awesome. That's yeah. even better. You hear yeah. that, guys? I respect yeah. that? the hell out yes. of that. Nah, you can't wait in line for beer. It makes it, it, makes it go bad. Don't do it. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> it's bad mojo. mojo That's someone mojo. that doesn't know about beer than thinking I know about beer. No, you See do that? know about beer. Beer's all about lines right now. That's cool. <laughs> That's cool. I like you. You're yeah, just amazing. Can I got their own thing, Can they keep you? Yeah, dude. Yeah, I'm okay. <laughs> He's the permanent co-host now. Every Tuesday, he's in. Yes. 
right, I'm gonna need a parking spot. <laughs> we do validate now. Right, cool. Um, yeah, dope. so uh, I'm tonight at Crosstown Comedy Festival at the Village Lantern. I'm headlining. And New York Comedy Club. Yes. And New York Comedy Club. So at yes. 10 o'clock show, I'm headlining it with Cyrus McQueen. Yes, with Cyrus McQueen, very tonight? funny dude. Uh, I might be at the Village Lantern too. Okay. I'm gonna stop by at New York Comedy Club. I'm not doing a spot there. But also, check out both spots uh, New York Comedy Club, Village Lantern. You got. Uh, uh, Christian uh, Duran on New York Comedy Club. You have Nick Whitmer on uh, The Village Lantern. You had uh, Cyrus McQueen, who's been on NBC, The Last Comic Standing. Then you have uh, Matt Richards, who's been on Joking Off, uh, MTV. He's very funny. Come out, laugh some jokes. Do you have anything you want to say? <laughs> oh, happy birthday. Her birthday happy was birthday. yesterday. Yay. Oh, no shit. Yay. Yes. Spending the week in New York with a brother on her birthday. Are you having fun? Yeah. <laughs> That's good. No, we did. We did Cody Island yesterday. It was, it was a good time. I'm but, um, 18. Have somebody roll you a cigarette now. <laughs> yeah, yeah there you go. But well, she got lottery tickets yesterday as a birthday present. Oh, no <laughs> kidding. Scratch no. offs, baby. She won like four bucks. It's yeah. <laughs> a good omen. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Uh, always be closing live on B-Box Radio every Tuesday, 1230 to 1.30. Uh, you can also find us on Stitcher, SoundCloud, uh, iTunes, all of it. But thanks for listening, guys. You're the best. I'll see you next Tuesday. Peace. You got nine seconds. Eight seconds. Seven seconds, six seconds, five seconds, four seconds, three seconds, two seconds, one second. No one wanted to stop me? God. <laughs>